Hi, and welcome to Venture Bros, a Venture Brothers podcast brought to you by After the Hype. Uh, I'm your host, as always, Brian Dressel. With me, as always, is Nick Friedemann. Hello. <laughs> or as our old Starbucks used, oh, boss used to call him, Olas Friedemann. I don't even remember that. <laughs> <laughs> he got really annoyed one day when we were talking about uh, shortening names, and he's like, yeah, but why do we just go with Nick? Why not Olas? That's, I'm gonna call him Olas. <laughs> that's that is exactly like our old Starbucks boss, isn't it's, it? <laughs> yeah, it's like oh, sure, I guess so. <laughs> oh, he was a weird dude. I don't even know where to start arguing with that. Yeah, I mean he's not wrong. Mm-mm. He's not right, but he's not wrong. Nope, not at all. <laughs> um, so I know. Yeah, last week we did have uh, our other co-host, Graham Mason, on, who was unavailable to record for these two weeks. So he will be on at some point. I know out of five episodes, he's only on one, but he will start being on more at some point. Perfect. Um, All right, and then uh, before we get started today, Nick and I were talking before we start recording. I'll let Nick take it away, but we have some uh, confusion to figure out. Yes, so I think both of us knew this before starting, but... I don't think either of us were prepared for how much of like uh, a timeline mess this this first season is. We originally were going to go with what uh, I think is what we're going to call like the Hulu or Wikipedia or like the, the, the air date order was what we were going to go by. And then we both kind of were doing research and kind of going through it and we found uh, that the DVD order is different. We found this out last week. We were originally going to record two episodes with Graham, but then Graham watched the DVD order and we watched the air date order and we did not watch the same second episode. What a fuck up. But to be fair, like, we didn't realize it. I don't know how we didn't, but I think that it's like, well, so be it. So we were like, okay, we'll go off the DVD order, and because that's supposed to be the the right chronology of episodes, say one to two to three to four, etc. I mean, that's as voted by the internet and Reddit that I could find. Yes, and it, it also matches the DVD order, so it's clearly yes. there's some sort of consensus with the the venture powers that be. And we're just so turned around. I, I think that in general, these episodes, there is an order, but I think that their order, even in the DVD order and the air date order, is mixed up because it, it just doesn't quite make sense. But I think that's okay for this this first season because I don't remember this being the way this way from basically season two on. But season one's kind of all over the place, so so be it. Yeah, it's kind of nutty, but, you know, uh, they're still all good episodes. And really, beyond some inside jokes to other episodes, I think it's really okay. Oh, for sure. And I think that's what we're referring to is the inside jokes is that we're like... And I wrote down a few where I was like, wait, what? Like, but that's just the way it is. I had more problems with that in next week's episode than this episode, though. Yes, absolutely. Uh, um, So this week's episode is Midlife Chrysalis. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. This is uh, when I was not a huge Venture Brothers fan. Whenever somebody turned on an episode of Venture Brothers, this was the one that I saw. I felt like I had gotten so tired of this episode because I just kept finding myself watching it before I was ever a fan. Almost turned me off of the show because I got so tired of seeing this one episode. Really? Yeah, I. it was so weird. I had a friend who lived across the hall from me in college, and she's like, yeah, we should watch Venture Brothers. I'm watching Midlife Chrysalis again. I'm like, ugh, no, I don't care. Like, Show me a different one. What a weird episode to start on. Right? Like, it's a, it's not not to, to judge your friend here, but uh, what, what terrible judgment. I just, 
Because it's this whole episode is based around like completely understanding these characters. Yeah, it is to me. It's a second season episode that's in the first season. Uh, I don't know. This was. I like this episode as like being a really good introduction to. I mean, we've already had it introduced a few times, but like it's a really good example of how the monarch treats both Doctor Girlfriend and Doctor Venture. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I think that without, I think this episode would land more if it were later on, because I just don't see. I this was my my takeaway from the episode is I don't think that I necessarily connected with some of the things they really wanted me to connect to if I'm putting myself in the place of a first-time viewer. From our standpoint of I've watched this show through at least the first few seasons I've watched through at least twice. and uh, Only twice? I'm way more than twice at this point. <laughs> see? So then there you go. But I think that it's hard for me to separate myself from like what I would view as like a... What if I was watching this for the first time? And so many of like the decisions made by the characters and the the general kind of situations are based around really understanding the monarch and his relationship with Dr. Girlfriend, Dr. Venture, and his relationship with not just his father, but his kids, Brock's relationship with OSI. Like, all of that makes so much more sense knowing all of that, but as a first-time viewer, I think you'd be a little lost. Well, especially if this is, if you're going off the DVD order, which we are, uh, it's a really weird one to jump into because they have the whole subplot of Brock mm-hmm. uh, not being a, a secret agent. And, like, if you jump into that, and what would this be, episode four? Yeah. Uh, like, that's a bit of a shock. Like, it's kind of like you didn't really get to know him as the agent that much. Like, so it's kind of weird to take it away from him so fast. Exactly. And not that it's a problem because it led to some of my favorite stuff with him and Hank ever, but... Uh, yeah. It's still just, it feels like a weird move to pull so soon. But then again, like we talked about it with a previous episode, the second episode ever, like after we establish the world, we just fuck off into space. Like it's, I kind of like that they don't really feel the need to follow a standard episode order. Like, so even if this was the intended order, I'm still kind of okay with it because I like that they're willing to just kind of take risks like that. For sure. I absolutely agree with you, but we should set up the episode. Yes. Yes. Um, so this episode is uh, it essentially takes place after, um, not after, but during the first of probably many of Doctor Venture's midlife crises, uh, where he realizes that he's uh, older, kind of schlubby, and no one is really going to be interested in him. So he decides to turn the tables and go out in the town, look his best, and uh, try to hook up with somebody. And this is the perfect opportune moment for uh the monarch to sick dr girlfriend on him as a potential suitor and then she injects him with some sort of mystery serum that turns him into a caterpillar mm-hmm. um and meanwhile we find out that brock's secret agent license well this is meanwhile it's the opening of the episode that has ex- been expired for six months so he has to go through training not training a test to get it renewed and the boys help him with that uh, by the end of the episode, Dr. Girlfriend has been spending a lot of time with Dr. Venture, much to the uh, anger of the monarch, and she feels guilty about poisoning him. So once he goes into full cocoon mode, she gives him a shot to turn the way, turn it around, have him come back to being human, and uh, Brock becomes back into secret agents through some of my favorite stuff ever, and then he beats the shit out of a security guard who made fun of his mullet. Yep. Did I get everything? Absolutely. You nailed it all. Okay. 
I feel pretty good about that. I watched that episode way last week. Oh, okay. <laughs> like I said, I've seen this one a lot. Yes, I, I totally. I've I watched it twice, and it is because I I've been in this pattern of watching the episodes twice, one without taking notes, and then one where I can take notes because they're they're short enough that I can do that, and I right have you know, like 45 minutes to spare, you know, like twice a week. So I'm like, well, okay, I can do it. But in watching it twice, you kind of like, uh, some of the jokes don't land the second time, <laughs> which is fair, yeah. you know, but I think this episode in particular has some like really big leaps. It's asking you to make with it and watching it twice. You're just like, how does Rusty not realize like it's but it's like okay i can kind of roll with it in a weird sort of way but he the the injection that you were talking about is perplexing like it's it's so strange for him to not make that connection but i guess the the argument that the show is making is that he is desperate so oh yeah for sure i I love that and like the, the other thing that i love about this episode is this sets up a series long joke yes like this one episode is the point place of dr venture being obsessed with dr girlfriend throughout the rest of the series it's true and but it also to it does another thing too which it sets up uh the monarch and dr girlfriend's kink which is oh yeah that they're in this like bizarrely uh i would say sexually liberal relationship but in a way that they're constantly navigating it like they don't know really know uh kind of where their limits are i think that's one of the most interesting parts of their relationship as the show goes on is he doesn't like that she's into uh doctor or that he thinks that she's into dr venture he thinks that they slept together it's a little ambiguous but it it seems likely that she didn't sleep with him she says she didn't sleep with him though it's a running sort of subplot of if she or if she didn't sleep with him but he's not so much against her sleeping with other men as the show progresses. He is against her sleeping with Dr. Venture because he doesn't like Dr. Venture, obviously. But I think that it's an interesting thing for them to explore in this like animated shows series. Like it's a very yeah. interesting thing for them to just constantly like build upon. It's a weird thing for a, a show like this to tackle like a budding open relationship like it's kind of like it's a weird thing for them to go after but it's still like it's done so well and it's really funny yes like i I really like i just i love the i mean i'm jumping way ahead here but like there's an episode where 21 and uh dr girlfriend or the dr mrs monarch at that point make out over the monarch's unconscious body and when he finally comes clean about it the monarch's just like yeah we're super villains i don't care why would i care about that yes (laughs) And it's like, it's a really wonderful moment for that show, but I also think it's a wonderful moment for the the Monarch and Dr. Girlfriend. One of my things that I brought up, I think in last week's episode, is that I didn't really love how they treated Brock's sexuality towards uh, Dr. Blagojevich. Um, right, yeah. And I think that this episode is like much more liberal with that. It's just, in general, it's just much more open and accepting. Well, I felt like it's one of the rare moments where I felt like the show was like bizarrely sexually, uh, like last week's episode was bizarrely sexually, um, what would you even call it? Like condemning in a weird way? I don't know. I'm not sure I go with condemning, but I think you're right. That's a bit bit harsh. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what I meant. You know what I meant. I, I know what you mean. Yes. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, this one, it, it just, it feels like they've 
Like that's I think that's why I like the episode as much as I do, even though I'm really tired of watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, because it, it feels like they're. I don't, I'm trying to get over the condemning thing because it's not that yes. it was condemning. No, no, no you're it, right. Like I, I misspoke. I don't think condemning is right. I think that it's just kind of like a, a rare misstep in the kind of what I would describe as like the um the philosophy of the show. Yeah. Okay. That, that that's a good way to put it because I, I I like that this episode it starts something that I feel like the show does very well, which is like, it always tries new things. Like the show's always mm-hmm. willing to try new things. And I think that's really personified in, uh, Monarch and Dr. Girlfriend's relationship. Absolutely. Like if you just want to think about the show, that's always willing to go completely new places all the way up to including like a guy who becomes a red Hulk. Like the show's just not afraid to do weird and out there things. And I like that they have a couple who's willing to do the same thing. It's kind of a cool thing they've put, tucked in their show. I don't even think necessarily intentionally in the beginning. Yeah, I, absolutely. I think that's something that they stumble upon in this episode is that it was an avenue for them to be like, how can we build upon these characters? And I think that they do that in two separate ways. I mean, this episode comes back at the end of the second season as well. It's not just establishing yeah. the relationship and the kink of the monarch and dr girlfriend it's also establishing rusty's never met dr girlfriend before and when he sees her again he's convinced that she's still into him and blah blah, blah. and this is at the monarch's wedding oh right <laughs> and so it's just like but it also it further establishes rusty's obliviousness i think that they weren't really sure what to do with Rusty at the beginning. They understood what his character was, but I don't think they understood his place in this world. They even mention, um, I'll save this for the next episode, but they mentioned something in the next episode where I was like, really? And it's like, okay, but, and I'll, I'll go into it. This is a teaser, Brian. It's a teaser. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they, they don't really know what to do with him yet. And I think his just like absolutely embarrassing like attitude towards everything is in full force in this episode because we talked about his embarrassment in last episode of like soiling his own suit which is absurd in a really wonderful sort of way and here it's like he just doesn't understand how people view him at all like he's completely oblivious oh yeah and like that it's a running gag throughout the entire show that luckily never gets old but it's it's one of those things where like he's at a bar trying to hit on women and he just does not understand that nobody likes him. Like No. When he puts out the welcome mat, quote unquote, I Oh my god. I groaned both times. I was like, <laughs> Oh my god, you're killing me. <laughs> I mean, like, that said, I would love to go to a bar with him. Like I'd love just going just to watch this happen. This is where we differ. I just I think the whole time I would be like, just fucking put me out of my misery. This is <laughs> I mean, but it's so terrible in a good way. Like, I just, I love watching those sort of like, ugh, that was a bad idea. Yes. He has a lot of, this is like prime, absolutely unbearable Rusty. And it's, it's one, it makes for great television, but he, he is in rare form. That's the best way I can describe him. Oh, yeah. I mean, whenever he decides to put on a wig or any sort of hair, it's like, oh, you're in for a good version of Rusty in this episode. Uh, And he wears his, like, award from 77, I think is the date that they give. And you're just like, God, so sad. This is the saddest. But I just, I love that. And I just, I love the way that he's getting ready. It's just like, what am I talking about? I used to be Rusty Venture, boy adventurer. And it's like. 
nobody cares nobody <laughs> nobody cares. nobody i also love they they establish too they do i'm i'm obsessed with any sitcom where they start a scene in the middle i think we've talked about this a few times even on this podcast and i think the venture brothers does a really good job with that where they start kind of like a story right near the end and oh, yeah. uh, the way he ends the story while talking to Dr. Girlfriend in disguise is he's like, and that uppity little TA, and you're just like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> he's so proud of this, and it happened like 20 years ago. This is oh, yeah. so unbearable. I love that. And then this one is also uh, sets up another running gag throughout the entire show of who's the boy's mom. Yes. And this one, it, this is, especially if you're watching DVD order, this is the first time they really bring it up. Uh, and they attempt to address it of like, oh, I guess I never told you who your mom was. Well, you see, boys, your mom was, oh, date's here, gotta go. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Shit. And like, that's while he has like this giant growth on his face, and it's just like, oh. There's a love bite. Yeah. There's a love bite. Oh, my God. (laughs) You'll understand when you're older. (sighs) Bringing his two coffees back to bed. Oh, God. (laughs) He, oh, I... uh, I've had a roommate like that too. I won't name him, but you definitely know who he is. Yeah, uh... I think I know who it is. <laughs> and you're just like, yeah. C- cool. Like, I, it's one of those things too where you're like, I am proud of you, but at the same time, this is. There's a moment. Okay, so this is maybe a bit. We can cut this out if we want to cut this out. But there's a moment in Frasier where Frasier says something like that uh, to Niles and. Niles just looks at him and goes, you don't actually tell the woman this, do you? And he's just like, oh, God, no. <laughs> and it's like, that's that's Rusty, though, in a nutshell, is that he will tell. He just, he oozes confidence, but it's confidence that is like this completely unwarranted confidence, but also just completely misguided. Misguided, unearned, like just everything like that. It, uh... <laughs> But I, I think that it's still, I mean, I know we're going to be in a bit of a broken record with this stuff, but that's why I love him. Like, that's why yes. he's such a great character. It's like, he is the most unearned confidence. He's not as nearly as intelligent as he likes to think he is. And he's just an idiot. Absolutely. And to excuse our broken recordness, I think that it, <sighs> it really is necessary for you to feel this way because you need to empathize with Dr. Girlfriend. Dr. Girlfriend yeah. doesn't feel bad because she did something bad. She feels bad, and this is my interpretation of it, she feels bad because she's just like, this guy is sad. Like, this is a real... <laughs> I, mean, I I really feel that way because I don't think that she does it because she feels like she genuinely did a bad action. She feels bad because it's just like he has nothing going for him. He's wearing a bizarre suit from, I don't even know, it would have been thrown out in 71, and a, a medal from 77 like it's 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 a travesty like oh yeah and like the show as it goes on you you definitely find out that dr girlfriend is a much better supervillain than the monarch yes like by far and like so the idea of her doing something evil is never gonna be a problem she has Mm-mm. no problem being a bad person she has a problem like i'm taking advantage of a real idiot here yes Exactly. I don't think that there's any sport in in it for her. And I think that there's also just like, she's a very, she's a much more honorable person than the monarch is. But I think that she generally makes the monarch better as the show goes on, as far as like, if you're looking at him as a person, because I think it starts off with him being much more underhanded than he ends up. And I think that this episode is the first time that you actually get to see Dr. Girlfriend as 
a more of a character than just a sidekick, which I think is very important. Oh, yeah, because she becomes one of my favorite characters in the show. It just takes her uh, somewhere in season two, I want to say, to actually start yeah. getting there. I think it, it takes, yeah, absolutely. It's after the season finale. I actually think it's it's actually the season finale of this season is the first time that you actually even get to see another step in her growth that's very important to the show as a whole. Yeah, I, I think it's when she starts, when she goes back to Phantom Lim. Like, that's when she really starts becoming, like, an amazing character. But we'll get there down the road. So I think we're, we're getting close to the uh, the half hour mark where we like to try to end these things. I'd like to move into, like, our favorite moments, if you wouldn't mind. Mm-hmm. Mine comes, uh, it's as it does a lot in these early seasons, my favorite moment has to do with Helper. Yes. Specifically, after Dr. Venture has turned into a caterpillar and he no longer has hands and cannot shoot himself in the <laughs> face with a shotgun, he tries to get poor Helper to do it. <laughs> and just poor Helper just with the gun and just... <laughs> And then throws it down and, like, just rolls away. (laughs) Oh, it's such a great moment. I, okay, can I cheat? I have, like, three that are very short. Go for it. Okay, perfect. One is just the term hockey hair. I just want to throw that out there. I think that's amazing. Two (laughs) is when Dean gets hit in the nuts and he goes, ah, Yahtzee! Oh my god, that's so good. It cracks me up every time. <laughs> it's the the phrases that both Hank and Dean use are incredible. And this was one of the the first really good ones is ah, oh, Yahtzee. The Oh, we didn't even talk about the the boys and their uh who's in charge at night thing. I think that's... we we should. Can we take a moment, a quick yeah. moment to talk about it because there's so much in there that is such great character development for both of these two, but also oh, yeah. just sums up both of them and sums up being like a teenage boy so well. Oh yeah. The the stupidity of Dean giving away the 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 throne of power is so like you're like, oh I'm gonna get him so good and make him drink this. And then they dr- <laughs> and then Hank drinks it and he's just like, I spit in that. But then, then his whole night is just like fucked. Like <laughs> all night. I love that that was the problem. Like mm-hmm. the, the one problem was that he spit in it. And then three different people throughout this episode have to drink a drink with spit in it. Like Yes. Oh <laughs> so good. Because as the boss, then Hank turns around and makes a Dean spit in it. Or it makes Dean drink the same thing with spit in it. And then when Hank starts teaching Brock, he gives him a glass full of eggs. Like, when I'm done with you, you're going to eat lightning and crap thunder. It looks like he's going to eat eggs and crap eggs. (laughs) (laughs) That's the best. But it's like, it does such a good job for establishing, like, the two of them together as brothers, though. Where you're like, oh, like, this relationship, like, makes sense. But it also feels very much so like a relationship of two brothers. Like, in a very natural sort of way. Yeah, I, I have a sister. I don't have a brother, so luckily I was able to avoid a lot of these pitfalls. But I mean, I from the people I know with do brothers, it really does like it really rings honest. It's the whole like who's in charge at night, especially if you're twins. It's just like oh fuck. Exactly. That I have one one more that I think is just to because we've all been all over Rusty's confident dick this whole this whole episode. Um, it's the he pulls out a condom and he's just like the condom falls apart because it's so old and he's just like condoms. Rusty doesn't need gadgets to please a woman. And you're just like, what the fuck does that mean? Uh, I, I love that he doesn't need gadgets to mean a wo- to please a woman. That just screams to me like, oh, that's how you had the boys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, great. So you idiot. So those were my three. I cheated. I'm sorry. But thank you for letting me cheat, Brian. All right. So with that, I'd say that, that brings an, uh, this episode to a close. 
Um, we can do a really quick round of plugs and then we'll uh, say goodbye. Uh, be sure to check out our website, ATHpod.com. We can find this, our flagship show, After the Hype. And then starting, I believe, in, I want to say, late July, we're going to have potentially two, maybe three more shows coming up. Um, but we'll see if those actually happen or not. But as of right now, they are happening. I just can't tell you what any of them are yet. One of them I'm very excited about because it's the most fully-fledged out idea right now. If the other two come along as well as the first one, we are going to have the best podcast network on the internet, I boldly declare. Nice. But we'll get there. Um, that's it for me. Nick, do you have anything to plug, like a video game that you're working on? What was the name of that again? Uh, it is called Nunya Business. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say anything yet, but I'll let you know, and I'll announce it, I guess, or just tell you as soon as I can. Yeah, that, that'd be cool. Yep. Uh, okay, so with that, I'll say a very weak Go Team Venture, and I will say bye! Bye! Bye!